and we are going to look, I got fancy artwork and everything, we're, we're going to look at the story of Elijah. Yeah, pastors discovered Canva, and uh, it's a game changer for me. Um, so we're going we're gonna to look at an Old Testament character who had some amazing experiences that, if we're not careful, we will think that they're so amazing that we can never relate to them. And to be quite honest with you, uh, I have found, as I've looked at all of these stories of Elijah that we're going to unpack in the next few weeks, Lord willing, that we can actually relate uh, much more than you might imagine to this man who did these great things for God, but was also very, very human <laughs> in what he experienced and in what he felt. And I think this will be a real huge benefit to us today. So we're going to kick off our look at Elijah by going to 1 Kings chapter 17. And I want to take a look at a message that I've simply entitled, The Dry Brook. The Dry Brook. And we're going to... Uh, we're going to have some fun today. We're going to have fun. It's always fun coming to church. Amen? Right? At least this one. And uh, so I can't speak for too many others, but this is a good one. Uh, but First Kings chapter 17, and we're going to take a look at, we're going to take a look at an incredible experience that Elijah had, but there was also a testing time. It came right after that, that I think some of us might find ourselves in today, the dry brooks in our lives. And uh, let me explain what I mean, okay? First of all, if you're able to, could you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together? We're in 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to begin in verse 1 and going to go to verse 9. And if you don't have your Bible, you could follow right along on the screen today. Here's what it says. Now, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Let me pause here and just say, he said this to Ahab because he was worshiping a false god by the name of Baal, and his influence caused the people under him to do the same. So as judgment against their idol worship, this is what Elijah had to say in verse 1. Verse 2, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and he stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath, in the region of Sidon, and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. 
Let's pray. Jesus, I'm asking you that your word once again would come alive in all of us. And God, that you would walk us through the dry brooks in our lives and show us what we need to do, Lord Jesus, to respond in the right way. So, Lord, we commit this time to you. We pray, Lord God, that you would have your way. And it's in Jesus' name that we ask all of this, and we all said amen. Amen. You may be seated. The dry brooks. Hmm. Now, this is an interesting story, isn't it? Um, and and this, this is the first time we're introduced to Elijah is in this passage of Scripture. And uh, Elijah is not messing around. <laughs> he shows up to the king and he says, hey, because of what you're doing, there will, there will be no rain. There's not even going to be any dew on the ground until I say so. Now, you got to understand that this would be devastating to any land. Would you agree? In fact, it, it's been said that even the dew would be kind of heavy in that area of the world, and God was going to withhold all the dew, and was going to withhold all the rain. There was going to be a drought. There was going to be a famine as judgment against the king and the people for their choice to worship Baal instead of God. So what happens? God says, okay, thanks for delivering the message, Elijah. <laughs> now I've got another place for you to go because Ahab's not going to be too pleased. And he's probably going to come after you. In fact, since he knows that you're the one that has to speak the, the, the rain back into existence, you might want to hide. And so that begins our story. And there's parts of this story that I find really interesting that I think we could actually relate to here today. And I want to unpack those three things as we look a little closer at this story here today. And, and, and here's what I don't want. I don't want this just to be about, oh, cool, birds fed Elijah sandwiches every day, twice a day. How nice. I, 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 want, it, I want to dig a little bit deeper into this, okay? So let me do that. Number one. I want to take a look at Elijah's obedience. Elijah's obedience. I believe that Elijah demonstrated some remarkable obedience to a command that God gave him. Again, let's retrace a little bit. Starting in verse 1. Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Now listen to this. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here. Okay. Turn eastward. Gotcha. Hide in the Kareth Ravine. Okay. East of the Jordan. I know it. Got a summer home there. Okay. You, it's about to be, you will, you will drink from the brook. Well, that's weird. And I have directed some really foul, disgusting birds. Okay, any bird people in here? Really? Okay. I, I, 
Well, as far as pets go, all right, there's like birds and like wolverines are probably the two least desirable I could ever imagine having in your house. But, but here we go. And, and so you've got these, you've got raven. They're not doves, okay? They're not wonderful eagles. They're disgusting birds, ravens. I've directed these disgusting birds to supply you with food. So instead of DoorDash, you've got ravens. <laughs> so he did what the Lord told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine and east of Jordan, and he stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Now, time out. Okay, Elijah, I want to hide you. That almost sounds like a song. Elijah, I want to hide you. Um, Elijah, you, you need to hide in this ravine. But don't worry. Don't worry. I got disgusting birds bringing you meat from God knows where. <clears throat> and that's your food. And no polar pops. You will be drinking from the brook. Now, if that's Phil Anderson, if that's me getting this admonition from God, I'm thinking, what? I, that doesn't sound too exciting to me. That doesn't sound good at all. So I'm going to be by myself. I'm drinking from a brook, and I got disgusting birds bringing me meat from some dumpster. And that's my food. That's my food. That's my life. And Elijah didn't know this, but this lasted, some theologians say this lasted about a year. So we're not talking four meals. Some of you can maybe pull this off for a weekend. But this became his life. This became his life. And Elijah said, I'll do what you tell me to do. Okay, listen. It's, it's easy to obey God if he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to this room and there will be a bucket full of money. It's yours. Have at it. Go crazy. And... You get free pizza for the rest of your life. Delivered to you. No delivery fee at all. There you go. I'd be like, all right. Chicago style would be really good, God, but okay. That'd be simple. But how easy is it to obey the Lord when it seems to be difficult to do? See, it's one thing to say, God, yes, I'll do all the fun stuff. But when he directs us to do stuff that kind of goes against our comfort zone, now that's, that's a different story. I seriously doubt that Elijah woke up that day and said, oh, I hope I get fed by birds. I hope I hide from that king after all this take... 
No, not on his agenda. And yet, as a result of Elijah's overwhelming obedience, there was an incredible result that took place. The supernatural took place. God provided for him supernaturally when Elijah obeyed, even when it might have been difficult to do so. Now, I'm not talking about words from the Lord where you're in a room and all of a sudden an audible voice comes. And if that happens to you and it's God and not pizza, great. Obey God. But some of us, we read, we read commands in the scriptures that God tells us to do. And we think, oh no, 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 turn the page. I don't want to do that. For example, we're told that we should forgive people. And we read that, oh no, no, no. No, that kind of goes against my comfort zone, God, and believe me, they've got it coming. So I'd rather slash their tires. Don't do that. Your comfort zone would be to respond the way you want to, but God says respond the way that I want you to. We're told to give. We're told to love unconditionally. There are so many things found in the scriptures, not even counting what the Holy Spirit might drop on you to do. But there's so much found in the scriptures that will actually take us out of our comfort zone in our flesh. Because my flesh will scream, I want to do it my way. But the Holy Spirit will say, you got to do it this way. And because Elijah obeyed he saw the supernatural. Listen to me. Do not underestimate the amazing effects of your total obedience to the Lord. Don't underestimate that. I'm afraid of what might happen. You let God worry about that. You let God worry about that. God took care of Elijah. God will take care of you. God will handle your situation. God will handle your relationship. God will handle your future. Boy, there's been a lot about the future today. I don't know who you are that needed to hear this today, but you need to know that God has your future in his hands. And you need not doubt God. I don't know who you are, but please receive that from the Lord today. God has your future, but you obey him no matter what. Do things God's way. And I believe that God will bless you for it. But there's a second part, which is where we get the title to the message. We saw Elijah's obedience, but then we see Elijah's obstacle. Things are going good. The raven delivery, not so bad. The sandwiches are pretty good. The brook's nice, good water. And again, it, it appears, if you study this a little deeper, it appears that this was about a one-year arrangement where Elijah is seeing 
the supernatural. Elijah is seeing something that is really remarkable until verse 7. And it says, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Let's pause here for a minute. Here's Elijah just living in the miraculous, living in the supernatural. God is doing things that nobody had ever seen before, certainly not Elijah. And then all of a sudden, it ended. There was a change. How many of you love change? Some of you do. Some of you are wired that way. Some of you, when the furniture gets rearranged in your house, like your spouse does it while you're gone, and you come home, it's like you are messed up. I will, I will confess to you that I, I am normally not really good with change at all. Even as a child, I would not want new shoes because I liked my old shoes. So I would try to cram my feet into shoes that just didn't fit. And I would cry. I would cry at Christmas, folks, because I got new toys. I really should be saving this for my therapist. But I would cry because I got new because I like my old toys. I don't want new toys. Again, it, it's, that's a lot of co-pays and sessions for me to unpack, okay? All right. So, so pray for her. Change. When, when, when change takes place in our lives, we don't always respond to it well. And mind you, Elijah did nothing wrong. In fact, all Elijah did was obey. And God did the supernatural for Elijah. But then that season, that season came to an end. Some of us, when our brooks dry up, we think we failed God. Some of us, when we've been experiencing something really great, we're at this really great season in our lives, but then God says, it's time for something new. It's time for something different. And all of a sudden we think, oh, no, 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 God, no, 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 more birds. Maybe our, our, our prayer time maybe has gotten kind of stale or, or maybe less consistent if existent at all. Maybe our time in the Word is kind of more of a, an obligation than it is us trying to read this and get something out of it and digest it. Maybe we've been uninvolved in ministry for so long because maybe of a past hurt and, and, and the Lord healed you up, but 
You still don't want to move from the creek side. You don't want to move from the brook because you kind of like being at the brook and you've gotten used to the ravens. But then when the brook dries up and God says, I want to do something different in you and for you and through you, how do we respond to change? And I fear that sometimes we're trying to cram our spiritual lives into a shoe that doesn't fit. Dare I say, churches might be full of people that have been drinking from the same brook for decades. We're comfortable at that brook. We know about when the ravens will show. I hope it's ham this time. It's, it's Israel. It's not going to be ham, okay? Okay. Just so you know. It's not going to be turkey either. It's got to be kind of like cannibalism or something like that, all right? But we're, 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 so used to, we're so used to things. We're so used to, to how the church goes that if, if, if something changes, I'm not talking about the Word of God changing, but like if a methodology changes, it's like, oh, My goodness, some of you didn't know how to handle it when we rearranged the chairs. (laughs) That confused look when you came in just like... I saw it. So we don't handle change. We don't handle new seasons real well. And, And Elijah, listen to me. God brought you to that brook, but he didn't want you to stay there forever. God brought you to that spiritual place, and that was good. It might have been a time of healing for you. It might have been a time of encouragement for you, but he's, he's got another plan for you. He wants to do something different in you. Well, this is what I do. I've been doing the same thing for 45 years. Honey, the brook's about to dry up. And God might want you to look towards a place called Zarephath. And that leads me to number three. And this is really the meat of this. What were Elijah's options? Because I will tell you, Elijah had options. So he's used to drinking from this brook, getting free deli sandwiches from the ravens. And, and all of a sudden, no more, no more birds and no more water. And then verses 8 and 9, then the word of the Lord came to him. Pause here for a second. Understand, when your brook dries up, God always has something to say to you. Oh, let me try this side. When your brook dries up, when, when it looks like that God is shifting things in your life, understand that God's trying to tell you something. God, God will use the dry brooks to speak to you. God might even allow you to get a little thirsty and a little hungry and a little uncomfortable and a little bit stretched in order to speak to you, to lead you to where he wants you to go next in your spiritual life. And we're rebuking the enemy and the devil's like, I had nothing to do with it. Sometimes the brook dries up 
doesn't mean you've sinned. Doesn't mean you've done something wrong. It means God's got something even better for you. So the word of the Lord came to Elijah. I cannot emphasize this enough. When you're at your dry brook, God will never direct you to do something that is contrary to his word. My brook dried up, so I'm going to get rid of that husband. He don't do nothing but watch football and eat chips. Get me a real man. Cowboy evangelist. That's what I'm going to get. I'm going to get me a... And, and, well, I'm going to... My brook dried up, so I'm, I'm going to... There's obviously a problem with the pastors, what there is, and so I'm going to start posting on Facebook. And, 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 and God's saying, Stop! I didn't lead you to that. Where did he lead him to? Look at verse 9. Go at once to Zarephath. Time out. You read Zarephath and you think, wow, impressive biblical word. You know what Zarephath literally means? You ready? Fiery trial. (laughs) Woo! So go at once to Fiery Trial USA, population 2. Because there you'll see a widow there. And I've directed her to supply you with food. Now again, if I'm Elijah, I'm like, now, wait a minute. I was just getting used to the bird stuff. I just, I'm finally off of pop. I've been, I've been drinking brook water now for a year. I'm well hydrated. I'm doing good. And now you want me to go to a place that's literally called fiery trial. And I'm supposed to find a woman I've never met and go to her and say, hi, feed me. (laughs) Really? And here's the deal. Whenever our brooks dry up, whenever there's a big change in our lives, whenever God says, okay, now I'm going to take you from this in, in your spiritual life and I'm going to move you to this. I'm, 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 going, to, I'm going to do something different. It's deeper water I'm going to take you to. It, 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 there's something else I'm going to do for you. When we do that, we have a choice. We have options. And Elijah had options. He could have rebelled. He could have rebelled. He could have said, no. No. I like it here. Now, I mean, there's no more water, and I'm probably going to starve to death, but I like it here. I love the view. I think I'm going to put a golf course over there, God. I love it here. And he could have just said no. And you know what? Every time God leads you somewhere, you could tell him no. But you know what happens? There's famine when you do that. There's no nourishment. There's no satisfaction. There's no refreshment. And eventually, you will starve to death spiritually. Eventually, you will grow so thirsty. You ready for this? 
You'll grow so thirsty after your brook dries up that if you don't do what God says, you will try to alleviate that thirst in the wrong way. See, that's why your Facebook timeline is full of people that jump from nasty relationship to nasty relationship to nasty relationship to nasty relationship because they're trying to fulfill their thirst the wrong way. You have people that pick up addictions and people who pick up addictive behavior and people who make terrible, terrible life-altering choices. Why? Because they're trying to replace what they had at the brook with something that God never wanted to lead them to in the first place. Are you hearing me today? And this is why, this is why some people who have seen, mm, seen the supernatural and they've seen God do some great things, when God leads them to some different season in their lives, whatever that might be, when God does something new in their lives and they are resistant to it, then they begin making choices that are actually self-destructive. Even with the experience of being miraculously fed, miraculously provided for, seeing God do great things, and yet we will alleviate that thirst in the wrong brook. We may even try to find a brook that looks like the one we had before, but it's not the one God has for us. That was free. That, that overwhelming obedience that Elijah had that led him to the brook is the same overwhelming obedience that he had to have to move on. But you can't rebel. And you can't remain. He could have rebelled saying, God, I've had it. I'm done with this. He didn't do that. He could have just stayed there where it was comfortable as we already said, spiritually, you'll starve to death if you do that. And, and, and this is why I speak to people who have been a Christian for a long time. You hear me. People like us, I got saved when I was nine years old. So it's like 20 years ago. Or so. So I've, I've, been, I've been saved. I've known Christ for 47 years in one way, shape, or form. I've had ups and downs. But the problem is, we veteran Christians can get in such a rut. I can, I can get in such a spiritual rut that I don't even realize that my brook is dried up. I could just keep on doing the same thing every day, over and over, every week, over and over. I could predict it. I can, I, I, and it becomes more of a habit than it becomes a relationship. And we don't realize that the brook's dried up. And, and maybe we just need God to lead us again to some new place spiritually. I'm not talking about a new church. Don't leave the church because of this sermon. Well, your sermon said I should hightail it out of here. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is that maybe there's something brand new that God wants to do in your life. And you've not allowed that 
to take place because you've really gotten used to that brook. He could have rebelled. He could have remained there. Instead, he chose to respond. Now, here's the deal. Next week, Lord willing, or the next time we, we look at this message, we're going to show you what happened when he went to Zarephath. The miraculous took place in Zarephath. A person's life was changed. In fact, a family was changed because he went to Zarephath. Because he went to fiery trial. He allowed the Lord to lead him there. But that's next time. But if we don't respond when our brook dries up, we won't experience that. That won't happen. We, we read elsewhere in this series, we're going to see where Elijah called down fire from heaven and defeated all of the prophets of Baal. That's a good Sunday. That doesn't happen if he does things his way instead of God's. You have no idea the impact that your act of obedience to God can lead to for the rest of your life and in someone else's life. And you know what? You don't have to know. You don't have to know. Just obey. What is God saying to you, friend? Has your spiritual brook dried up? Yeah, you know what? When you first got there, when you first had that experience with God, it was awesome. But now, God's saying, hey, okay, let's get up. Let's, let's, let's see what else I have for you. And some of us are afraid to leave the dry brook because we've gotten very comfortable there. Some of us are afraid to be used of, for example, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit because we're comfortable letting a select number do it. Some of us are uncomfortable telling somebody about Jesus Christ because fill in the blank. And God's saying, I actually want to lead you to that experience. I, I want to lead you to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I actually want to lead you to a place where you can lay hands on somebody and they can recover. I, I want to lead you to a place where you can share what God's done in your life and you can see their life changed. I've never done that before. That's fine. Get away from the dry brook. Just do what God says. Elijah, don't stay at your dry brook. Don't stay at your dry brook. This story is bookended by overwhelming obedience. I want to challenge you today. Have a life that is characterized by overwhelming obedience to the Lord. And he'll take care of you. And he will hold your future in his hands. Will you stand with me? Jonathan, can you help me? Did you get anything out of this? It's kind of deep. It's kind of deep. (laughs) 
I told Jonathan in my office, I said, this is such a simple message. And then the more I got preaching, I thought, oh, that wasn't very simple. So this, this is deep because it forces us to really look inward and say, okay, God. Okay, God, where am I at? All right, Lord, where, where, where am I at with my personal relationship with you? Where am I at? And may, maybe your brook has dried up. Uh, God wants to lead you somewhere. It might be Zarephath. It might be your workplace. It might be your campus students. It, it, it could be so many different things. It, it might be a fresh walk with God like you've never had before, a new approach to reading God's word every single day. Maybe, maybe making an effort to pray every single day to the Lord besides God bless his food, amen. And, and whatever that might be, whatever that might look like, would you, would you be willing today to say, God, you've dropped this on my spirit. And I, and I believe God's doing that right now with a lot of hearts in here that he wants to do something new in you. And he wants to lead you from the brook, or what was the brook, to something new, where you don't even know what to expect, but you can trust God enough to know that he's got you in the palm of his hands. I know who holds the future, and it's God. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I'm asking you now that you would move in the hearts and the lives of every person that's in this room, every person watching online. God, I believe that you're speaking to somebody today about a new season spiritually, going deeper in your word, getting involved in a ministry, reaching out to somebody like they never had before. Lord, being used by the Holy Spirit, experiencing the fullness of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, I believe you're speaking to hearts today. You want to move us from where we're at now to a new place in you. So God, I pray. I pray for obedience. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. I want to give you a chance to talk to the Lord. If your brook has dried up, if, if, you're, if you're ready to be moved to something different, you're not even sure what to expect. It, it, it takes a lot of trust. But the same God that provided for you before and the same God that kept you safe before and the same God that you used it before is the same God that'll walk you all the way to Zarephath. He'll walk you to the next chapter in your life. He'll do something new in your life. Just obey. 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 Today, if you're struggling with that word obey, I want you to cry out to God. Just say, Lord, forgive me and help me, Lord, to not only listen to you, but to do what you say. Can we pray that prayer? Jesus, right now, we cry out to you. Lord, I believe your Holy Spirit has dropped upon people's spirits and minds and hearts and souls 
somebody specific for them to speak to, someplace specific for them to go. God, I believe that you're working in hearts, but there's a hesitation, Lord God, to move forward. There's a hesitation to go to Zarephath. Lord, I pray, I pray that our lives would be marked by overwhelming obedience to your spirit, to your word, and to your leading. God, we seal that with prayer today. Here's how I want to close this. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll pray one final prayer. And I believe that there may be some people here today who just need to sit and listen. And maybe not even ask God for anything else, but to just listen to him and let him speak to your Holy Spirit. Not to your spirit, through his Holy Spirit. And that's how I, I want to give you a chance for today. Just listen. God, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? Pray that prayer, but then listen. And, and when you're finished, you can consider yourself dismissed. But some of us, we might need to really spend some time saying, okay, God, I, gotta, I need help trusting you. Whatever you need to pray, do it. But we're going to make this a place where we not only talk to God, but we hear him. And so when God releases you, you can... Consider yourself dismissed to fellowship in the lobby so that we don't interrupt anybody who might be trying to listen to God. But let's make this a place where the Holy Spirit can speak and lead us. So Jesus, I believe there's some Elijahs in here. They've experienced your power. They've seen your faithfulness. They've seen your goodness. But now they're at a point where you're leading them to someplace different in their spiritual lives. So I ask you, Lord God, that you would communicate that beginning today. God, that you would lead us beginning today. And we would have an overwhelming trust in you as we obey what your word and what your leading is. So Jesus, meet with your people. And God, help us not to just leave it at the door, but God, we take this with us as we leave this place. And God, I'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to listen to the Lord, feel free to do that. If God's released you, you can consider yourself.